0: Distilled is a production of Chemical Processing. Chemical Processing focuses on serving engineers, designing, and operating plants in the chemical industry.
1: Welcome to the Solution Spotlight edition of our Chemical Processing Distilled podcast. Solution Spotlight, delving deeper into a topic from an industry perspective. I'm Tracy Purdom, Executive Editor of Chemical Processing, and back for more questions on cybersecurity best practices is Matt Malone, ICS OT Cybersecurity Consultant at Yokogawa. A graduate of Texas A&M, Matt embarked on an eight-year career in the U.S. Navy as a salvage diver and bomb disposal technician. He completed two combat deployments and returned home to Texas, where he caught the cybersecurity bug and has since devoted his career to learning everything possible about how to secure industrial control systems against cyber attacks. Welcome back, Matt. Thanks for joining me on episode two in our three part cybersecurity series. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back. Well, in episode one, we talked about getting a cybersecurity plan organized. Now, let's talk about the tools needed to ramp up a sound program. Out the door, antivirus and anti-malware—is that software enough? Oh,
0: uh, sadly, no. Okay, um, and I and I don't say no is you know to kind of bash any any malware program or endpoint protection program uh, because it's. Those are great tools, but in the same way that, you know, if, if you're a king sending an army out to battle, you're not going to have your shoulders just wearing a helmet and storming the battlefield in a helmet and their underwear. You know, <laughs> you, you, need, <laughs> you need a true uh, uh, defense in-depth program set up. And yes, endpoint protection, any malware, any virus, whitelisting, those are fantastic solutions, but it's not the end-all, be-all. You know, you need, you need to make sure you've got everything from head to toe as far as that program is concerned. And, I, and I'll say this, and you know, because as soon as I say that, I, I you know, I can throw the laundry list of all the cybersecurity solutions you should have uh, or which ones are going to be right for your, your DCS. Um, but I want to take one step back and saying you don't have to do them all today. On the last episode, we talked about you know the cybersecurity roadmap, the path you're going to take. That this is something that we're going to have on our back, of our on our shoulders uh, for the for the life cycle of our plant. With that being said, right, I'm not going to suggest that anybody do a $10 million capex program and in one year install every cybersecurity solution under the sun under the, on their DCS now. Now let's let's get our assessment done. Let's identify our our risks and our vulnerabilities. If we have any type of quantitative assessment coming out of that, let's take a look at that well to help us prioritize. And then from there, okay, year one, we've got uh, antivirus and whitelisting that we're going to do. Okay, then we can set back and we can budget for year two. Year two, okay, year two, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, firewall management. We're going to update all of our routers, all of our switches, um, if we need to update our firewalls, we'll take a look at that. Your three is going to be this solution and things like that.
1: You bring up a, a very sound plan. You know, folks get worried that they do have to jump in and throw everything at it at once. And, and doing this a little bit at a time really helps them get their arms around it and, and you know, ramp up to where they need to be. Implementing policies and procedures lays the framework for an entire facility. Can we talk a little bit about that and what areas should these types of documents cover?
0: Absolutely. Probably the, the, the easiest one for everybody to identify is going to be like your, your, your login, uh, your password and login for your workstations, your engineering workstation, things like that. For the folks that are on the IT side, this is going to be really easy for them to identify with because they've seen this before, right? They know that setting up some domain controllers for Active Directory, and then I can set all of my group policy objects regarding logins, uh, failed login attempts, password length, strength, things all like that. And I can set that up, and I can shoot it down, and I can update all of my engineers and my operators, and they know what the drill is and things like that. Then I can also set up, you know, what my logging is going to be for the reporting, for the alerting, failed attempts, you know, resetting, uh, uh, a reset password attempt or request, you know, things like that. You know, that that's, that's a quick and easy one everybody's probably pretty familiar with. For some of the more in-depth ones, you want to take a look at, uh, my recommendation anyway, unless you're In a certain industry that that provides a different type of standard would be to take a look at the security level structure within uh isa 62443 so that will help you also develop your program in a way that says okay after our last assessment uh, we can expect a you know this type of a malicious actor and so we should protect ourselves from that type of attack. And that could be security level one, which is just like accidental intrusion from the insider, or it could be security level four. Okay. No, this is a very high profile site. We should expect some type of nation state backed malicious actor or actors. And we need to have this thing set up the equivalent of the Fort Knox within, after you've, 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 you've gone through and you selected, okay, we want to be at security level two, Uh, then you can look at every one of those security requirements, and it's going to have okay, this is the bare minimum to meet this security level, then it's going to have like a requirement enhancement, if it's needed to go above that security level. Um, And it lays it out, I I understand this is a podcast, but this is more of a visual exercise. Um, And so I can I can provide some more materials like that, or, you can go to the ISA website itself and it lays it out, you know, very, very distinctly about how to develop those policies and procedures in accordance to how you want your cyber security posture
1: set up. And we can include that in the transcript as well if you want to shoot something over to me. I will make sure that gets in there. Okay. Now talking about this, are there any turnkey solutions that can be put in place right away once once all of this starts moving?
0: Absolutely. Some some of the more vanilla flavor of those would be like uh, windows server update service or central patch management. If you're not uh, on a windows, uh, if, you, if your servers and your machines aren't running windows, but that is, that's fairly easy to install. Even on uh, an OT network, you know, you don't have to wait for an offline period. Now, the thing about that though, is you have to be careful of is some of those patches that are going to be sent out by windows may or may not be tested uh, by the OEM provider forward your DCS. You know, one of the things that Yokogawa does is that for our turnkey patch management solution, we do all the patch testing and the releasing on our own. So our clients don't even have to worry about that. They know that whenever a Windows patch is sent down to them from us, that it's already tested, already been approved. All they have to do is upload it whenever they get the chance. That machine is now good to go for for the latest patch uh, that's been sent out. Another good uh, turnkey solution is going to be uh, central AV, same deal. You know, we, we recommend, um, based on the layout, typically one jump server, uh, is going to be the only thing it's going to need to be installed. And the cool thing that we can do at Yofi is we can put that AVOS, that central AV server and the central patch management server co-located and so the for, for folks on the, on the DCS side, they know that you know space is always going to be at a premium. I've only got so much rack space or so much server room space. And so for something like this, this is the way we've kind of figured out, all right, we can put both these together, only one more additional machine. We're not going to be taking up any more space. And like you said, it's, it's turnkey. We're, we're in, we're out, and, and now you've reduced your risk in this, this area.
1: Now I want to get a little specific here, and I'm not sure if you're able to answer it, but I'm going to toss it out there, and we'll see where it goes. Uh, Yokogawa worked with Shell Secure Plant to design procedures and implement managed services. Can you give us any insight or lessons learned from that project? Oh, of course. So
0: now this this the the Secure Plant uh, initiative and, uh, and and the follow-on projects uh, were fantastic because this was just one of those hand in glove relationships with the, uh, with the end user, you know, I mean, there, there is, this was, this was a tailor-made suit, uh, you know, for, for, for the client. And it wasn't just, you know, shell coming in and saying, Hey, we want you, you know, they didn't just throw the ball over the fence and tell us to do something with it. Right. You know, it was very much a, a, a partnership, and the 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 feedback and the communication was probably the the biggest takeaway uh, about this and and the technology that was developed was really downstream of that relationship if we didn't have that trust if we didn't have that communication and that camaraderie then it may it may have been a busted project but because everybody was able to to work together and communicate effectively then it really just like I said, I, I, all the successes were really kind of downstream uh, of that kind of partnership. The other thing I meant to say is that, you know, because, you know, cybersecurity is this journey, it's this process, right? You know, this, this initiative was started 2014, 2015. And it, w- it was one of those things that it just, you know, a day at a time, a step at a time. And, and now I want to say it's implemented in 45 or more plants across the globe. Because, you know, we started small, we worked together, and we started figuring out what is going to be not just the right fit, but the best fit in terms of, you know, these policies and procedures, this technology. Um, We also worked with other OEMs with that, and I I just, I I can't say enough about the partnership uh, that, that developed all this.
1: And I think the partnership is important. Um, you know, folks can buy things, certainly, but they they are there for learning from the experts in the field who see this all the time. And getting the right fit and the best fit and starting smaller, also important. I so appreciate all the time you put in on this and making sure that we don't get caught in our underwear, as you pointed out. Um, <laughs> And in our final episode in the Cybersecurity Series, we're going to talk a little bit about personnel. On behalf of Matt and the team at Yokogawa, I'm Tracy Purdom, and this is Solution Spotlight.